Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. another episode of white label american thank you all for joining us today um appreciate everybody and thank you all for the love you've been sending to us and yeah keep sharing and giving us good ratings and great reviews and keep the love coming in um today i have a very special guest um first time you know i I get to talk to somebody from the country in which she began her journey. And um, she's a global peace ambassador. She's also um, one of the frontline people who uh, played a vital role during this uh, pandemic. And I don't even know how she's able to do everything that she does, but she's just kind of a super duper person. And she's an entrepreneur. She's also um, in the medical field. Um, she also is a content uh, creator like myself, but she's uh, more advanced than I am. I'm, I'm just starting. So she also does interviews, she does panels, and she's a moderator, and she talks to a lot more celebrities than I, I'm, I've ever dreamt of talking to. And as soon as we get into the episode, you get to find out a lot more about her story. She's hosted ETV and um, Harper... Papa Awards, Nollywood and Kara Festival, Afri Famu, and a whole bunch of other festivals, including BET Awards, uh, the BET African Version Awards, Red Carpets, and everything, you know, from African Union to a lot more. And she's also involved in nonprofits, and it, it just goes far and beyond, you know. And, um, she's based in, um, uh, she's done a lot of stuff in um, the Beverly Hills. Um, LA, um, uh, Chicago, and Dubai. So, um, and also help victims of the recent bomb blast in Lebanon too. So, uh, I need to know how she manages her day. So, without much further ado, I introduce today's guest, Natalie Biaznail. Did I get it? Did I miss it? Let me start with saying I am honored. I am more than excited whenever I meet my fellow brothers from the motherland um, doing what you do. I think it takes a stellar person and it takes transparency to be able to talk to so many people without knowing them. I'm honored. Thank you for the beautiful introduction, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning from the likes of you. So, you know, get oh my God. <laughs> no, I would have you, you teamed up with maybe the FBI or something. Sorry. Oh, no. but, <laughs> well, they, 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 they have to pay me first before I can team okay. up. With them. Okay. Okay. That's, that's we'll, my we'll, we'll, we'll start from there. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, yeah. now I, I will need your help with this first question that I'm going to ask because I, f- I forgot to ask you before we began about the, the pronunciation. So this will be the yes. first time. I'll ever try to pronounce the name of this city publicly. So uh, let, let's see if I'll, I'll, I'll mess it up or not. So the city in, in which you were born 
is called Ndjamena, right? Oh my goodness. Okay. You said it right, but the N is silent. Jamena. Ah, Jamena. Okay. <laughs> See, I, yeah. I, I blame it on um, too much. Um, you know, I, I don't usually eat burgers, but during this pandemic, I've eaten oh my a lot God. of um, chicken burgers. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is I would blame it on tribalism. You know, Africa has so many tribes. Oh, and yeah. I think we want to break it into colonial times. All these names and all these dialects and all these you know, a lot. religions that we have. <laughs> it's a lot. You know, it becomes a little, it becomes a little tedious. So, Njamena, uh, the N is silent. silent. It's just okay. like you in your country, you have some names that start with the letter N yes. and it's silent, right? Mm -hmm. so, That's true. Oh, so yeah. That's yeah. True. And you, you said my last name right. Beasnael. Beasnael. So, which is yeah, a beautiful name. A yes. Thank you. Thank you. So you were born in Jamena, and you're the first person that I've ever talked to that was born in that city. So can you please introduce myself and the audience to your place of birth and, you know, just um, tell us a little bit about there? About Jamena. Yeah. Well, um, I come from a country that is uh, vastly the Sahara Desert. And uh, Jamena, for the longest, has been dubbed the capital. Um, and prior to, during colonial times, it was called Fort Lange. As you um, know, French was colonized by the French. Yes. Um, uh, I, I say French was colonized. Chad was colonized Chad, by, the yeah, French. by the French. Yeah. And we have two official languages, which are Arabic and uh, French. Oh, okay. uh, if I want to describe Njamena to you, it's mostly the desert. I think we have so many buildings now and there's not too much highlight on some of the most beautiful architectural work that we have there. But because of the um, Arab influence, some of the buildings look like buildings that you would find somehow in Dubai or North Africa, the more northern African countries like Libya, Tunisia, and uh, some of the rest. Um, if I should describe Chad or Jamena in one word, I would say it's almost like an excursion between going, if you live here in America, going to Arizona, maybe New Mexico, mm. uh, you know, with a mixture of the heat that you get from Texas, from Dallas. Oh, and it, Yeah, it gets a little windy, too. It gets a little windy. So, you know, you see a lot of people covering up in Chad. I know the last time that I went, um, even my sunglasses were melting. So it was that hot. Mm. But I think there's a special remedy um, to where I come from, um, the people there are a little bit more humble than needed. You can never be too humble, yeah. but the humility is what strikes me whenever um, I land in Chad. And sometimes it's, uh, I'm talking about the people right now. It's it, sometimes it's mis mistaken for weakness. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't that understand. would be you know, the city in one word. You have to, you can't talk about a city without its people. And that's, you know, where I come from. That's right. Um, yeah. it, it's also interesting that you brought up, um, you mentioned the, the dressing a, a little bit, just mentioned a little bit of the outfits because, you know, I was born in Jos and, but my, my family is from the Southern, like Southern, Southern part of Nigeria. And, 
you know, nice. with all the divisions and everything. And but it mm-hmm. all comes from colonialism and the wrong narrative. So, but Absolutely. you know, we always had this mentality, like you know, everybody from the north. You know, the closer you are to the desert, you know, mm-hmm. it's like automatic Sharia law. They, that's why they cover themselves and. And I remember one time, you know, uh, probably just uh, early into my young adult days, and it's like we're talking with a friend who's from the north, and you know, he's like, I'm like, why you all cover yourselves, man? Hot weather, <laughs> you all still cover yourselves without really thinking about the type of material they use in covering themselves. You know, Absolutely. They, they, the assumption yeah. is that everybody is just a Muslim, so that's why yes. they cover themselves without thinking about the environment in which they live. Absolutely. Like if yeah. you're in a desert and the, there's winds blowing and the winds carry sands and, you know, the, the, it, it damages people's skins. It and does. it and will it... be later that, you know, I'll find out about that without still being able to put the connection, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and like connect mm-hmm. the dots. But, mm-hmm. you know, the older you get and then the memories start coming in like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, someone once told me about this happening like in some northern cities they don't just decide to cover themselves for the sake of covering themselves with it but yeah. it's an adaptation to the environment mm-hmm. and in which they find themselves and it's like oh Absolutely. but other people from outside will just see oh all their women have outfits that just cover the whole body all the men who have long uh long sleeves and long gowns looking um, uh, what they call that gown that the men we I, I like it now, you know, after I stayed in the Middle East. Yeah, I we call one. it boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boo-boo. I, I wore one of them, and it's very comfy, and it's light, you know? So, I know, I know, you know right? And it's I was like, comfy. why was that? But, you know, but when you so you just have one idea put in your head, and you don't have any body countering it, you just always think, like, this is it. Yeah. They're all like this because of this reason. Nothing right. else well, comes to your mind. Like, yeah. why? You know, do you think the people in the past never thought about their weather? They never thought about their environment? No. They, mm. they started adapting a long time ago. But, you know, so I just I remember that and just said I'll, I'll mention it. So, yeah. No, that's key. That's key to what you're doing because I think until you talk to people, then mm-hmm. you find out, you know, yeah. the true meaning of who they are and why they are the way they are. So I admire that. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. with that being said, um, where do, uh, I, I know you, you, you didn't spend all of your childhood in Jamena. You also moved oh. to other cities, and we'll get yeah. to that. But this next question might involve you, including one of the other cities. So, where does your favorite childhood memory come comes from? Oh, wow. Is, is that a trick question? <laughs> no. Yeah, it can be more than one memory. I'll accept two. Wow, you really put me on the spot like this? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you have to be, one, one, one city will be like, oh, I th- I, you, gave me, you, you broke my heart. Don't worry. I'll, I'll defend you. Don't worry. You know what? My childhood memory if yeah. um, in Chad would be, I know you can relate to this because you're African. Um, the grandparents telling us stories right before we would go to bed. Mm. And I remember when we would go to the village to visit pretty much every weekend, um, my grandma would say, come sit on my lap or come lay your head on my lap. I'm going to tell you a story. Until this day, believe it or not, those stories go through my, my, my mind. And I remember most of them. Now, the funny thing about that is telling those same stories to my kids, they can't relate, you know. No matter how 
much I break the stories down and their hmm. meaning. Yeah. They're like, really? What is it? You know, <laughs> what does that mean? So, so I have to bring it into modern times, you know, because it, in Africa, typically they speak in, um, what is the, the word that I'm like, looking uh, for? Proverbs and. Yeah. in proverbial yeah. ways. And I miss that. I, I'm sad that my kids haven't been able to experience that from my own grandparents. So that's what I miss the most in Chad. Mm. Now, fast forward to Ghana, where uh, my dad worked as a diplomat. Um, what I miss is um, just running around in Eburi Gardens, mm. which uh, most Ghanaians would know what this is. It's the Botanical Gardens uh, in Africa. I've heard, I've you, heard that oh, name before. Aburi Gardens, yeah. A-B-U-R-I, was yeah. to me magical. And my dad, my parents would make sure that uh, every weekend we went somewhere, somewhere exciting, interesting. Mind you, we're coming from Chad. We don't have the beach in mm -hmm. Chad. We don't have Aburi Gardens because it's the desert. And um, on the weekends, my sister and my brother and I would just wait impatiently for um, <laughs> our trips to Iburi Garden. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a little plaque, you know, I have pictures. I, you know, that's what I miss the most. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, a lot of my guests tend to have something uh, relating to outdoors when it comes to childhood memories. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised that you mentioned Aburi Gardens. So let your kids, kids run wild, right? Yeah. No, not here or yeah. not where you are, right? <laughs> you know, let them go out. Well, yeah, mine does, fine. but it's different now for, you know, it's, yeah, it's not the it's same. Different. But she's still, she's still young. She's right. only two years. Yeah, so. yeah. Different times. But yeah. you're actually taking me back down to memory lane. And, you know, that's not even talking about some of the people that have impacted my life. Oh, but, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will. Yeah. Um, what one one interesting thing that just popped that just popped up in my mind was when you mentioned the stories from your your grandparents. Um, yes, you know, most people don't even realize that Chad is an is an African country because you know the it's it's landlocked and mm -hmm. the most of the countries people tend to think about are like the coastal countries and except yes. for maybe Congo. That's yes. like a landlocked country that because it has a large population, to and Ethiopia. Those are like the two yeah. big landlocked countries. Um, but uh, there's something about like this era that we are currently in that um, involves kind of what I'm doing, but some people are taking it to another level with the printed um, take, taking stories and putting them in printed format and publishing them. Mm -hmm. So the next generation coming can have something mm -hmm. to relate to no matter where they are in the world. And mm -hmm. because it's also important for building that connection that just because you, you were born and raised in a different mm -hmm. part of the world, doesn't mean you get to lose that connection back home and you limited to Absolutely. going on Absolutely. YouTube to go and make your connection. Like um, your family has the book. Like you can get storybooks from almost every other um, country Every, right. And it's not just solely limited to Europeans, but, you know, you, you find storybooks for, of their stories, but we don't do that. We, 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 are, we are so, because we, we are an oral, um, we, we did our history orally. That's how our yeah. traditions worked. Yeah. So yes. it took, it would take a while for us to start adapting to, um, uh, and, and by the time colonialism came, it didn't really 
and encourage us to publish our our stories. Instead, we right. focused on just religion, and that was it. We 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 stopped. Absolutely. We we stopped uh, translating our stories into a format that we could save for our children, and they could take with them wherever they went. And that way, a piece yes. of our culture always stayed with them, you know. And that 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 piece of them is, you know, that piece of us, you know, goes with you wherever you are. And you can have something you can always look back to and say, oh, if my grandparents are not here, but I have this book that has the same stories. And that way, it makes it easier for the connection to be made. Because when the children see the storybooks and they see the 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 the, the figures, they see the, the the drawings and all that, children are always attracted to that, no matter whose drawing is in there. But for a long time, all we've seen is just, you know, people who don't look like us, in those type of books. But if you notice now, it started changing because some of us have woken up to stuff like that. So yeah, no, you you make a very valid point actually, uh, and that's uh, and now we're going into the pros and cons of being African. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but at least we have people who are who are working on on changing yeah. that. And I, I know someone I actually have exactly. to now that I've said that I, I I have to write it down because I I thought I would have, have interviewed it, him because yeah. he he's he's um he's doing something with a story from um from Ghana for children's books, and, right? Um, right. But. You know, most times it's like the countries that are more popular that we tend to hear people already publishing stories from. But I'm, I, I also make the case that Africa has over 50 countries. So everybody deserves yeah. to have stories from there. Because if I meet, like today is the first day I'm meeting you. And if you ask, if somebody asks me like, okay, what what's the story from, from, from Chad? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Exactly. What's, and, but I would like my daughter to know all that too. She, she should be exposed because mm-hmm. she knows she's exposed to Norse mythology. She's not from there. But she's already exposed <laughs> to it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but right. same way she's exposed, I can expose other ch- other children should be exposed to us too in the same manner. Absolutely. And there's also money to be made for our people at the same time. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So it creates jobs. That's, that's another point. <laughs> you know, growing up, um, we, my, even though, you know, we were in a French school, um, yeah. a French private school in Ghana, my dad made it a point, or I should say both of them, my parents made, made it a point for us to know about this book called Mamadou et Binuta. Mm. And most of my French-speaking, um, I guess, uh, people from Africa would know about that book. He also made it a point for us to watch movies and books made by Semben Usman, you know, like Le Khala, um, books like Anansi's story. Oh yeah, Gone. I love Anansi's stories. Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually one of the stories that the, um, stories the, of, the, the guy yeah, I'm talking about is walking on. Fun, yeah, you know, and they're all relative. And mm-hmm. then you know, as we got older, he made sure we knew about Chinua Achebe. He made sure we yep. knew about Ngugi Thiongo, who's you know my godfather. Oh, and then um, yeah, so. Honestly, I say the pros and cons of being African. Our parents are educated. Yes. We come from a continent that's packed with knowledge and um, richness. But I think the thing that we're lacking, I mean, myself included, is owning those things and saying, that's that right. I hold the power. I hold that richness. I am one. I am powerful. Mm. And that's, you know, stems from the lack of self-esteem stems from uh, colonialism, if I must say. 
Yeah. Why did they come to our continent? Why did they come to visit us? Because we're so welcoming and we have so much to offer. You know, back in the day, I mean, there were so many things that I, remedies that I didn't even know as a nurse, you know, that still exist today, but in a different form. You know, hence during this time, these times that we're living in, like the pandemic yeah. or what's going on in Nigeria right now. It's nothing new. You know, the youth is arising to stop what's going on over there. But where does what's going on over there stem from? You know, and so, so these are some of the things that, that that stem from a result of what we've been through or what we've seen with colonialism. That's true. I personally didn't really grow up in Africa. But I grew up with Africa and I lived and breathed, you know, my, my household, how I grew up. I speak my native tongue, thanks to my parents. But also growing up in Dallas, my parents made sure that anybody from any other African country was welcomed. Oh, and I think uh, very important. that also comes, you know, from always being called the Chadian or the Chadians because we were always, you know, the uh, the ones that stood out because not many Chadians at the time yep. were in Ghana or even in Dallas, Texas. So, I mean, if we want to put it all in one word, transparency and uh, talking to people like you're doing now, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I, I love transparency, but I've never used it in the same where you just broke it down. So thank mm. you for that. That's uh, another way I'll well. apply um, transparency going forward. So mm. um, knowing what I know about your background, and yeah. it seems like you've always had a passion to, um, you've always had a passion for being in the media and entertainment space. But yet you, you, you also... Are in the in the medical space. So yes. how 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 exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, you know maybe I should have asked this question a little bit later because I, I still have questions to ask about <laughs> getting to Texas okay. and all that. But I already started, so I will stick to this now. But uh, okay. yeah, how how did this how did this um, connection begin? Like how how did this motivation? Which which motivation came first? Like what was it medical or was it? The, the media or, or, or yeah which which one came first for you and how how yeah how do you ex how when people hear about you and people are like wait what you're medical <laughs> and then you you're still in entertainment like wait 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 what what's going on here I know well do they go together or do they not right yeah, I always right. feel like we're always entertaining no matter what profession we have you know with mm -hmm. that said um I was born in nursing, you know, <laughs> my mom's a nurse. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, she was working and a little person named Natalie decided to come, you know, at the <laughs> hospital. So, you know, nursing is in my blood, if I could say, you know, so. But also being um, the daughter of um, a pastor and the grandchild of a pastor, service and nurturing as well as taking care of people is something that you just learn to live with. Mm. And um, I know that the story is when I was born, uh, my mom had already told her fellow nurse friends and the doctors that if I, if my daughter back then, they didn't have, you know, they couldn't figure out the sex of the child. Right. Yeah. So she said, if it was a girl, she would name her Natalie. So my dad said he was outside. He couldn't hear what was going on, but the minute apparently I came out, 
all he heard was Natalie. So <laughs> here I, am, right? I made a grand entrance. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. So nursing, um, with all jokes aside and all you know, funny stories, um, it came about when I think when I had my kids, and um, entertainment had something had been something that I've always um, done since I was eleven. Um, I was on TV in Ghana when I was, um, I believe, fourteen. You know, dancing the flamenco. Oh. And so, um, and, and entertainment, I think some kids, you know, if you pay attention to the talent skills, you know, and this, this again goes back to one of the pros and cons of being an African, right? That's a show in itself, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. A um, that deserves a round table on its own. Isn't that? Yeah. So as you know, growing up, I remember I would speak. And my cousins would make fun of me. They would say, your voice sounds so different. Or I my voice was, would project across the room. And they wow. would say, your voice is so loud. You know, speak with your, you know, with a smaller voice, you know. And <laughs> even when we would play outside, you know, in the, in the yard with some of the neighbors, I would tippy-toe on my toes, you know. And I guess I would pretend I was, I don't know, you know. But I was a little mini diva, not in a negative way. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I had my own little, you know, audience in my head at all times but um i think the love for entertainment stems from me loving just people loving to talk to people um i think i've always been the most outgoing and most social uh sociable child in the family and so it's something that has been with me ever since i was very little and um the nursing i think it made sense uh when i had my kids but also the fact that I love to just nurture and take care of people and talk to people and ask them, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. Oh, you know, you're coming to visit. Okay, sit down, let's have tea, you know. And uh, I was actually an esthetician and a makeup artist for a long time. Wow. And people would ask me, um, you know, this was while I was going to college. Um, Are you a nurse? <laughs> you know, especially when I would do facial in the facial room. Yeah. And I was Nope, I'm not a nurse, you know, <laughs> but as the years went by, I said, let me try this nursing thing. Something about it. When I watched the nurses take care of my own kids, mm -hmm. I fell in love, you know, twice with it because I knew my mom would always give injections. She's a midwife. And so she delivered babies. She did so much. And I thought, you know, that's what mom does, you know, and I think this is also Culturally, what I've seen with most West Africans, um, you're a little bit more vocal, you know, I think. And I think you're you're very stern sometimes towards the kids, yeah. whereas where I come from, it's I think it's a little bit more a child like me. I probably would have excelled even more if um, the key word was, OK, you like this. This is what you're going to do. We're going to encourage you. Not maybe, okay, let's see what you want. Or um, if you think you like marketing or if you think, you know, I felt like there could have been a little bit more structure on that. And not to say that mm. my parents didn't do a good job, you know, but the options were there. And the, 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 I guess the, I had the rearing, but I felt like it wasn't strong enough because of my personality type. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is pay attention to the kids. The youth, the youth mean everything to me because they're our future, right? Of course. And I think once we become adults, we, we settle and we worry more of, uh, about the day-to-day -day affairs and forget that these kids are watching us. Yeah. And some of them, we have some geniuses in the group, but 
if we do not nurture them or pay attention or give them a mirror, you know, of what's, you know, what they could become, yes. then that's where, you know, we have a problem. So yeah, back to your question. Um, I've always had those, um, I think, desires. And uh, honestly, I feel like the talent was always there. And maybe it's more refined now. Yeah. Well, there's something that uh, you just brought to mind. You know, one another reason why I do this podcast is to also present another point of view to um, our people and yes. show them that, you know, there's other ways available. And when oh, you yes. hear from different people, you start seeing the similarities that we have. And sometimes, you know, just because someone doesn't look like you or wasn't born on the continent of Africa mm -hmm. does not mean that you can't take something from that person to apply right. in yeah. how... Um, how, you know, how to raise kids and all that. And you can adapt it to our situation. And that's because mm -hmm. all about life, our ancestors did that. They adapted. They always adapted yeah. things. And I think that's yeah. one point that's always been left out in the way we raise kids or the, in right. the way we, 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 we act or behave nowadays. We just act like they always behave one way and we forget to say, oh, no, they adapted. They changed over time, right. you know. Right, and right. So when, when you, you brought up... Um, the the point about you know your um not saying your parents did wrong but you know but like they could have you know created like giving you options and right. the structure it's something that a lot of people that I know including myself we relate to mm -hmm. a lot because mm -hmm. for a long part of my life it was all black and white like mm. you, you go to school yes. you pass your exams. <laughs> and you either become one of the top five, these top five professions. Right. And then when you, you it will take how many years, then you, 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 there were skills that I had. And I always had these skills. Then we all had different skill sets. And sometimes it was the same family that was encouraging you with those skill sets, without recognizing that they were making you grow mm -hmm. and excel in those skill sets. But they never looked at that as a skill set because the mind frame they had zoomed in on, you must become one of these five professions or else you're a failure and yeah. the moment you put that message out there that kid will not recognize that i have something special and it takes only a few like some like um i, I always i mentioned this uh there was one kid who uh he, he was not in my town but a town away from mine and uh i think i was i was 17 when we had our mm -hmm. uh, our, our going out of school um high school exams uh we call it wayek in West, uh, the English-speaking West African countries. And uh -huh. he, he got, at the, out of his eight subjects, he got seven A's and one B. And mm -hmm. he took his life. Oh. He took his life. Because he had one B. One B. And I did not get seven A's in my... <laughs> I think I only got one A. <laughs> yeah, I think I only got one A. Because uh, wow. I, I couldn't figure out how to go home when I saw my result. <laughs> but I still went home. And took the insults and the shouting and all that. Then maybe 10 years later, I found out that the people were, who were yelling at me, maybe only one of them got like five A's. And I was like, really? Why, why are you were insulting me back 10 years ago? You know? Oh, wow. Like I was yeah. dumb. But they destroy somebody's confidence without realizing that. And then Absolutely. now I thought about that yes. kid who with seven mm -hmm. A's and one B, what has been said to him? We don't know. Because he left a note. We don't. 
but he, he was afraid yeah. to go home and present that result to uh -huh. his family because he thought of himself as a failure. Meanwhile, a lot of kids were like, man, you know what? I, 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 would, I would have died for, for that result. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, oh, it's sad. and you know, yeah. but when this picture of it has to be just one way, and you know, and and uh, pre-pandemic, I used to attend a, a lot of uh, networking events, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I met I met a lady one one time. She said she she just didn't know what to study in college, and she just studied English. Right. And she was she now she works at a, at a museum where she appraises. Uh, she helps to appraise artwork, the, the private oh, museum. Uh -huh artwork that cost millions of dollars look at that but somehow yeah. the skill set transferred and i was like wait what no nope, right this is, but then you know and then another day around and i recognized that there was an event i attended a lot earlier and somebody was just hey tell me about yourself and i was telling him stuff that i had done from my days in nigeria as a teenager when i started working when i wasn't even getting paid for the job i was doing and the guy wow. was like wow uh, and then I was only thinking about supply chain. I was like, I only want to work in, um, I only want to work as a logistics person. Like, just give me a logistics job. Right. A job uh -huh. that had the title of supply chain. That's all I was thinking about. And the guy said to me, you know, you sound like somebody who, you've been doing compliance. You know, you've been doing compliance for a long time. I said, mm. what? He said, yeah, you've been doing compliance. You should, you should talk to me, man. I, I think we might have something for you. I'm like, compliance? Why, why would I? I don't, that don't sound like the title I'm looking for. Because now my, my, I've zeroed in on one thing, and I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done. This is it. I, this is. But a lot of us, I know people like that. Oh, petroleum engineering. That's it. I would die here. And as soon as I can't get any job saying petroleum engineering, that's it. But when you yeah. start looking at the person, there's so many skills, right? And we don't realize that from childhood, that's when we start to exhibit our talents. Before, before you even go to, to um, secondary school or you, um, high school, you, it starts to show with the, with the skill set and a whole lot of things can be created out of that. And But just because we've never been given the structure, the language, you know, we don't have all that. And all of it is not always our parents' fault because they too didn't have a structure that, you know, put them on that path that said, give the kids mentors who can, oh, what careers you want? These are the careers available. It's not only just about top these five jobs. No, there are other jobs that exist. You can build a career. It's not about jobs, it's about a career. And you know, and then I start looking like, wow, you know, it would take me it would take me how many years to realize that the, the word called networking existed and I've been doing it <laughs> for years. But for years. We never knew. No, it, you know? it stems from childhood. Yeah. And I not emphasize on that enough. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, we're born, right? Yeah. God brings us into this world. With each and every one of us has a set of skilled uh, gifts and talents that the next person doesn't have, right? We're not the same, but yet we are, right? Yes. But also, the thing that gets me is that when, when we become one and we talk to each other, that's when we can teach each other certain things that's so right. that we can coexist and cohabitate. And this is where it gets tricky because in Africa, Oh, well, you want to marry who? They're not from the same tribe as exactly. you. They're not from the same class. Mm -hmm. You can't marry them. Wait, you want to marry who? A white person? No, I mean, you know, you, you know what? You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know. So at the end of the day, are we all human? Do we all speak the same language? Do we all live and breathe the same air? And as a nurse, what I've noticed, I have yet to see a different color blood 
everyone's blood is red, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think what you just said is powerful in terms of the fact that, you know, the young man that killed himself because he had one B, you know, in Africa, or I, I'm now I'm speaking for, you know, old Africa. I think um, the self-esteem lied within the group or the community that you had. And that was it. Yeah. When really owning who you are, hence the name or the color or the country or wherever you came from needed to be something that we knew about or that we actually took pride in from a, from a different, you know, from a young age, mm -hmm. you know, and you see that here, I feel like, you know, with even George Floyd, with um, what just happened with Breonna Taylor and then with what we're going through with elections right now, if you do not know who you are and what you stand for, you would not be able to progress or you would fall apart, especially in this time. You know, I think Nigeria, West Africa, typically what we say um, is when Nigeria sets a foot forward, we all follow because you all in Nigeria, positively saying, have been the ones even with music right now, with uh, businesses, with uh, just saying, I'm a Yoruba, or I'm Igbo, I'm this or that. You've made it known to the world that I am Nigerian, I'm proud, you know. And other, not to say that other African countries, uh, most of the people there are not proud of who they are, but I think there's a lack of um, just, um, you know, we don't have a voice per se, or we choose to suppress our voice. And most of it, I say we have to hold ourselves accountable for it. You know, you just told me that you'd never met someone from Chad. And there's so many more Chadians out there doing amazing things. But a lot of people don't know about them because, again, you know, we haven't been able to shine the light on each other. Mm. We haven't been able to say, look here, I'm proud, I'm Chadian, I'm Ngambai, or, you know, if I want to go into tribalism. So with what you've said, I think um, having the platform that you have, and also for myself included, just keep talking, keep helping each other, keep um, cross-pollinating with each other's oh, events. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll continue to amplify voices from right, uh, my, right. my, my main goal has always been to get at least one person from every country on it. I love that. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm getting there slowly but steady. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, I don't I, I, I cannot bring 10 people from Chad and 10 this all 10 people who have different stories. That's the beauty of absolutely uh, hearing yeah, about hearing about each person's voice and giving them an opportunity to tell their story because there's a power mm. in each person's story. Uh, Absolutely. So let's uh, jump a little bit. So you, you, you came to United States and you, was your first part of call Texas? Yeah, Texas, <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Uh, was there a particular reason for, for Dallas? Well, well, now you, you just heard about my background. My yeah. dad, um, when he, uh, uh, his, I guess, contract ended in Ghana, he wanted to become a pastor. So okay. it's a calling, you know? Yeah. And Dallas Theological Seminary at the time um, was where he felt called to, to go to. And so um, being at uh, Dallas, well, when he left, Ghana to go to Dallas Theological Seminary. He did not want to leave the family behind. And my, you know, of course, his wife, my mom, uh, and my uh, all five children 
our first port of entry was in Dallas, Texas. And boy, was it a cultural shock. Um, I think if anything, what I, I thought was very different was how large the streets were and how clean, you know, the city was. I was like, oh, wow, you know. In comparison to Accra? Compared to Accra, ironically, but I wasn't so much impressed with the people because we were so advanced already in Ghana, in Accra, mm -hmm. right? And also the lifestyle that we had. I wasn't impressed with the house that we had in Texas, <laughs> even though homes are so beautiful in Texas. But then again, I forgot and I didn't know, you know, now that I look back that my dad was coming now as a student. Ah, you know? yes. Right? So, yes, and exactly. A religious, you know, he was studying to become a pastor. So mm -hmm. things were different. Yeah. But, and I kept saying, I remember my little sister who actually yesterday was her birthday. She lives in New York. Um, oh, she'll absolutely. kill me for telling people where she lives. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I was saying happy Broadway birthday actress. to her. <laughs> yeah, she's a Broadway actress, beautiful actress, but um, Dorcas Beesnell, D. Beesnell is her name. Um, oh, okay. Happy birthday, Dorcas. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dorcas, darling. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember at the time she was real young and she kept asking for the maid's name. Uh, where's the maid? Where's the, you remember, you, you can, where's the houseboy? Where's the gardener? Where's the driver? Yeah. Where's the watch? Right? <laughs> yeah. And so when my dad would say, well, they're not here, she'd start crying. So mm. she just cried and cried. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know. I was a little bit older, so I was sad. I was just mad. I was like, I want to go back to Ghana. I want to go back to Ghana. You know? <laughs> but, you know, you know, God, our God is an amazing God. And he has, his timing is always the best. And he knows what's best for us. At the time, if I knew what I know now, I'm also grateful. Now I'm a global peace ambassador. I'm a nurse. Um, I have two beautiful kids. I've traveled the world. And I speak multiple languages, not to say that I'm better or any less than anybody, but there are opportunities that were brought my way. Thank God I seized them. So, you know, uh, just to encourage everyone, opportunities yeah. are there every day. Now, some will, tr will present themselves in a very negative way. And you would say, why me? And have a tendency to just kind of close up. But whenever times are really hard for me, that's when, I mean, this might sound cliche, but that's when I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to brace up, even though, you know, I could be crying or I could feel like I don't want to get out of bed. That's when I'm like, okay, I know that something amazing is down the line. Because mind you, when we first landed in Texas, I did not want to be there. I kept telling my parents, I don't go back. Yeah. And back then you didn't have face. What is it? Um, the uh, no, so, no social media. Right. I ran my parents' bill. The, the uh, bill. <laughs> I, my dad that, that, that happened to my elder, my elder brother did that too. Oh my God. Yeah. $3,000 bill. Ooh. I remember that like it was yesterday. Because <laughs> I yelled at me, you know? So Ooh. needless to say, I'm grateful today that, you know, I can call you FaceTime, WhatsApp. Back home in the village, they can talk to me, but um, seize the moments. The yeah. opportunities are daily. They're, whether positive or negative, they're there to prepare you for your future. And they're there. Sometimes it could happen within the moment, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's prepping you for something miraculously beautiful for the future. That's beautiful. So... Um, well, I, I just have to ask this because I, I lived in the DFW area for about no. <laughs> two, two, two years. I lived in Grapevine. Uh, 
after cowboy, I got after after yeah. I got out of no no ain't no if cowboy yet but no 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 cowboy please they, 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 I'm always happy when they lose <laughs> I don't do NFL but I'm always happy when the Cowboys lose that just me it's, I don't you know, know what just yes. every time I hear football team, I just say the name okay yeah, so. I'm always the Cowboys is the official team I love to hate on that's just my I, team I love <laughs> hating on that's just yeah. <laughs> Every other no, team, I, they can bribe me to be their fan. I mean, you know, the Cowboy fans in, in Dallas area, they like one of them. She she knows who I am. And yeah, man, she kept bribing me with food. And I was eating the food. Good jollof rice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> with jollof rice. Uh, oh, my And I, I would eat the food and drink. As soon as I finish eating and I wipe my mouth and I'm all right. Uh, she's like, so um, you going to support Cowboys today? No, I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Invite me again. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, uh, I miss the food in Texas. I miss, um, I think uh, there's no other state like Texas. Don't you think so? I, I mean, uh, why, are we, well, why are we stuck in Texas? The South, you know? Yeah, uh, well, well te Texas, okay, well, I, I, I got a lot of friends there, so I, I can't, I can't, I can't say why? anything about Texas right now. They might, they yeah. might start rioting and be like, ah, oh. I'm like, Don't okay, well, yeah. I mean, you. I still miss my burritos, the, my $4 burritos. That's like the, the main <laughs> thing I miss the most. Uh, I'm not saying I don't yeah. miss the people, but I miss my burritos more than the people. That's just no. I miss the know. barbecue, Texas barbecue. Yeah, the barbecue the was barbecue. good. It was good. My, I, my I burritos. Mm, oh my goodness, my burritos. <laughs> Somebody's I, gonna send you. A I, I was text. I, I was in love. As soon as I walked in there and I tasted the breakfast and uh, uh -huh. the lunch burritos, and I couldn't move after that, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Every time I came in there, they were like, you don't want to try something else today? No. But it's dinner, oh my you goodness, you're funny. Yep, you're you know. It's just okay. burritos, burritos, my yeah. burritos. I've tried different meats in the burritos. Texas, as they say. Mm, I mess with it. I mess with it, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I give their food credit. You know, I give no, no, credit yeah, food. Texas and and the architectural, <laughs> you know, the beautiful homes, modernized wow. homes that they have. I think the styles are just just stunning. You yeah. Know, just oh yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. They may they take things they everything is big in Texas but anyways but <laughs> that's not to say the rest of the world is beautiful of course you know? no no yeah I, I, I think my my audience gets that but yeah, the audience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but since you already mentioned food I think we'll, we'll, I'll just stick with food so okay um if I like because well you so we we we'll rule Texas out of the equation now I was gonna <laughs> ask for your favorite food. But mm. since I don't know anything about Chadian food, I have to just automatically make it, what's your favorite Chadian meal? And if I want, were to say I want to try Chadian food today, what will you recommend for me to try? Because I eat food from everywhere, except if it's yeah, wrong. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I have to. I mean, food is food, right? Yeah. Food is, uh, and it's how, um, however you've, um, it's basically what's available, you know, mm -hmm. but back in the historical times. But in today's society where everything is, especially where we live, this continent, this uh, American land where everything is just fast, I think the best meal is the meal that has been you know, prepared over uh, a long period of time with everything made from scratch. And you can relate to this as an African, but also people from other parts of the world can relate to this. Now, with that said, my favorite Chadian dish is uh, they call it uh, kisach, which is literally like the Ethiopian jira, uh, oh. except that yeah, except that the Chadian kisach is made uh, with rice, uh, 
Um, it's white as opposed to the dark color that Danjira has. Um, now I like it with okra. Mm. And so oh, that, that, that sounds really yummy. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, uh, most Americans will know okra. It, the, 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 the other version, which is gumbo, right? So I like my kisar with okra, with gumbo. Now, now uh, it's been a while. I don't eat uh, red meat. Um, once in a while, I eat chicken. <laughs> I will say that. But um, I prefer for the most goats. part. You, 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 yes, I, I know you prefer <laughs> I mean, you know what? We need to talk about that. Goat meat in other parts of the world, especially in Africa, it's a luxurious, you know, piece of, um, uh, well, um, dish. Yeah. Once they make anything with goat, it you're special. Early on my bed, on your goat. birthday or Christmas day or, your, or somebody's wedding. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you got goat meat. A goat, a cow. What else that they, you know, that is very special whenever, because whenever I land in Chad, they uh, kill all, goats they're and ram. You know, they kill the goats and the cows. So to welcome me because it's something very special, you know, but um, my favorite dish is kisar. <laughs> and um, we also have, if you want to go into some of the pastries that we have, I love the gâteau chadien, which oh. are just fried pastries, and it's uh, it's delicious just because it's just flour, milk, eggs, sugar, and you make little forms into maybe braided designs, and they're deep fat fried. Who doesn't like anything fried? Wow. <laughs> you know, so that's you know two of my favorite things. And then if you want to talk about what we drink. Um, we're an Arab-influenced uh, country, so we drink a lot of, you know, black tea. But the way it's ceremonial and the way it's served, uh, oh. I like tea. I'm a tea connoisseur. If you want to, you know, talk about my tea, my tea um, likings, I go as far as, you know, I go to uh, the Chinese uh, world and see their loose leaf teas. And if you ask me about the different kinds and their benefits, I'm all into that. Oh, wow. that's, my- that's good. There's a lot of healthy stuff mm-hmm. in tea. Yes, yes. I mean, with every everything that we put in our body has has to have a beneficially, you know, effect, right? Yes. And if for some reason it's an addiction that causes us, you know, there's got to be some reason why we're addicted to that thing. That means you're lacking something, you're needing something, mm. be it emotionally, mentally, or physically, right? So you have to really assess what goes into your body, and that's why sometimes you meet certain people and certain diseases that are opportunistic diseases just creep up on them. And also you can find someone here in America that that is uh, maybe 50 and looks, you know, like they're 21 and back home, sometimes vice versa now. You can find someone back home that, you know, that is maybe 50 and looks, you know, you you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what you put your body into your body is very, very important to, you know, how you look, how you feel, yes, and also y- you want to be able to to give back something to the society, into the world that you're in. So I'm a big believer in that. I mean, I don't know if it's because of the way I was raised, but I think for me personally, what I put in my body means a lot, and how I feel in the morning because I have so much stuff going on. I feel like if I eat a whole bag of you know uh, donuts, I, the next morning I I don't feel good. I just don't feel good. I, I love I, donuts. I, I understand that. And um, you, you one of that. my earlier guests, she 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 mm-hmm. was uh she she's um she's from China, 
And because、yes. uh, she, she's a foreign student, she's still a foreign student、um, uh-huh. right now, but she's、yes. moved to the West Coast. She used to be in New York. I call her my Chinese sister. And、uh, your Chinese sister? <laughs> she, she mentioned,、um, is it chamomile? Chamomile? Chamomile tea. Chamomile tea. I'm drinking how, lavender tea right yeah, now. Yeah, how, how it's good for us.、Uh, <laughs> but she, she likes chamomile tea for nighttime, that、mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's calming, it gives a calming、Absolutely. effect. That, yeah, that was the first time I was like, wow, I, ne- I never thought about tea. I'm, I'm,、yeah. I'm, I'm that caveman when it comes to tea. Just put the bag in the, in the hot water. And,、uh, exactly. I, I, I prefer ice,、yeah. just iced tea, honestly. I'm like,、oh, I, no, sometimes no. I'm not even patient、no. enough to wait for it. I remember the first time I was offered iced tea, I was like, what, 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 there's tea that's ice? <laughs>、mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, I, now, no, now that you、I、mentioned dr- drink, I have to ask because、uh, you, 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 you know Zobo from the Nigerian side. Have you ever heard of Zobo?、Uh, I, I think in English it would be called hibiscus. It's the drink that、oh, makes hibiscus. hibiscus. Yeah, yeah, I drink that. That's another drink that I was going to mention in Chad that's very popular. Well, what do you guys、But、call it over there? We call it Iri. Iri. I R I. Iri, like Iris, but without、oh, the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I, I, I know it's,、uh, Zobo is a, northern, a drink that、uh, came、mm-hmm. from, like, northern, um, from Northerners in Nigeria. Right. So. Right. I, I just thought、But、about you see, it that you guys will have it. It comes from Northerners. Here we say it comes from Mexico. And in Chad, it's, it's the one of the you know, main drinks. I mean, you know, everybody makes it hot or cold for you. And it has so many beneficial effects.、Um, it、mm-hmm. has vitamin C, vitamin B. I mean, a lot of good, good elements in that tea. So I was going to say we drink a lot of that too. Yes. And I love it. I love it. Okay, so there's, it, it, there's a tea separate from the drink?、Um, there's various forms of making the drink. You know, now in Ghana, I noticed that you can combine it with pineapple, you know, and you boil it and with ginger. Oh,、also. yeah. One of my yeah. aunts did、yeah. that in the 90s. I, I yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah, we, I actually helped her sell it. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. She, she, yeah we, then, we boiled pineapple and ginger. Wow, yeah. This, this, the smell just came into the, yeah, the aroma just came into my nose now. Like, oh my goodness. You make us all hungry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But、um, I have, you know, loose leaf、um, hibiscus here that I buy from the Mexican market、mm. um, in its, you know,、um, natural form. And I boil it and some I chill it and sometimes I drink it, you know, hot. And that's actually, you know, most people that see, see me order it outside, they're like, well, you know about this. And see, this is where it gets really interesting because、yeah. the world is smaller than we know. That's you know? true. So, yeah. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I know when I was in Bahrain and、mm-hmm. um, I would go to, I, you know, I would go with my friends to some tea shops and, you know, they, they,、mm-hmm. they, stuff like that always started conversations. When people、mm-hmm. see you in places that they don't like, oh, we don't expect to see you here. Like, even when I went to a food court that I saw one day, and it was mostly Iranians that were there.、Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And know, they I, wonder why. Yeah, they're、uh, like, and I, I, wore, I wore a Real Madrid soccer jersey, and, you know, and I came in there, <laughs> but they, they knew I was military. I knew I was U.S. Navy. And, you know,、yeah. when I came in there, they, they were like, oh, what, what you want, boss? And I was like, oh, well, what kind of food is this? They said Iranian.、And、I said, oh, I've never had Iranian food before. Yeah, let me try it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And、yes. 
the chef, I, I, they went and told the chef, like, you know, Navy guy is here or something. And the guy came out and I guess he came out to see for himself. I was like, wow. So he started chatting <laughs> with me and then he hooked me up, gave me like a lot of, because I was buying, getting food to go. And he just hooked me up with extra. I said, you know what? I'll be back again. And yeah. When I went, got to my friend's place, my friend was like, where, where you get this food from? There's, there's a lot of food. How much you pay? I was like, oh, it was just a regular. He's like, oh, no, I don't believe it. So next time I came, I came with my friend and, the chef's like, oh, you brought somebody now with you. I was like, yeah. And he still gave me extra again. I was like, well, right. see, it's just. <laughs> no, you know what? You connected with them yeah. um, through food. And I think, you know, there's nothing better than when, because this happens because I speak more than one language. You know, most Africans do. Most people, international mm -hmm. people do, right? When you connect, when you, you know, meet someone and you discuss about their food or their language, it's instant connection. Yes. You know, so I think they felt connected to you that you were, you know, you were becoming part of them. And so, of course, he's going to give you more than me. You even want? Or yeah, I was like, well, I'm I'm, I'm a bachelor, yeah. so I have extra, you know, for for yeah, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have so to eat like, it all to mind. <laughs> yeah, so so with Chadian food, there's so many other dishes that mm. we all share all over Africa, like your fufu and uh, and a stew or a sauce, but we don't have palm oil in Texas. In, in Texas, look at me in in Chad. Yeah, you see, you've gotten this Texas thing in my head, but. One thing I know is that because of the influence of also you mentioned Congo and um, Cameroon and yeah. all these other countries around us, we use um, the juice of the palm nut. So we call it la muam. And oh. we use that in cassava leaves. And mm -hmm. the way we cook our cassava leaves is very similar to the Congolese. And oh. so whereas in Sierra Leone or even in, um, I'm trying to think which other countries, maybe Liberia. Liberia, yeah. There was Liberians leaf. that introduced me to cassava leaf because yeah, we, 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 we didn't cook it. We didn't use it in Nigeria. Well, my part of Nigeria, where when I started like exactly. becoming a teenager, we just when... only harvested the cassava and threw away the leaves. Exactly. My mom used to collect, you know, when in Ghana, when we would go to certain fields, they would get the cassava root yeah. and they would throw the leaves. And my mom would say, no, 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 give me the leaves. And they would laugh at her, you know. But of course, you know, that's back then. Yeah. When we were growing. Now, you know, we're everybody's a little bit more aware. And mm -hmm. so it's different. But also another way that, you know, cassava leaves is cooked maybe in Sierra Leone or in Liberia. They cook it with meats and we don't. You oh. cook it plain. Okay. And you accompany it with fried fish. Oh, and okay. so, yeah, so Chadian dishes, um, then again, you know, we're known for the best uh, kebabs and the best suyas. Oh, yes, of, yes. Yeah, because of the way we season our meats. Um, the best, uh, uh, you know, barbecues, I would say, because of the influence from the northern, you know, um, cultures and their spices that we mm -hmm. have. So yeah, yeah, I have, I have suya spice at home. Uh, my my wife loves it. So. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it a delicacy. It's a rare. Yeah, it's a very different. But also we have the beignet, which everybody shares all over. I think Africa. You guys call it puff puff. Ah have, yes, I was like the name sounds know. familiar. I was like, wait, I've heard that name before. Yeah, yeah, it was my my, my Congolese beignet. sister. That, yeah, she that's what, that's exactly. what she called it. But a yeah. beignet in Louisiana is slightly different from the beignet in France, you know. So it's the oh, same the, thing. So it's Food in is, Louisiana you know, too. Oh. Yes, it's the oh. same. It goes back to me saying that when you cut a human being, uh, when they bleed, we mm -hmm. all bleed. Well, yeah. That's so, true. Yeah. So true. Wow.
Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, my, my, my mom goes crazy for Puff Puff. Uh, I, I love it. I Ooh. could eat a whole basket of Puff Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the last time we were in Nigeria together, uh-huh. we were driving one day. I think she, uh, she, she was still in the United States. And yep. I, I was like getting ready to move over. And so yep. she, she came down to visit and make sure my papers were good to go. And we were in, in, we were in uh, one of my aunt's cars and uh-huh. we were in traffic. And I think traffic just cleared. And she just picked the scent and she was like, stop the car right now. <laughs> oh, that, uh... woman, that woman there has puff puff, go get it. Like the woman, the woman was frying the puff puff on the street. You know, that's that the oh. best one. You know, the woman by the corner, street corner there, frying the puff puff. You just go get it and they put it in newspaper, old newspapers and you wrap it up. And, yeah. So, yeah, my, my, my mom, yeah, she she knows the best scenting. Yeah, she, 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 like you make puff puff, you want to be her best friend, you show up to, to her with puff puff. Ah, where, where have you been, mama? I'm like, you just had puff puff yesterday. What, what do you mean this person? This person is a good oh. person, you know, they show up with puff puff. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, she, yeah. That's that's yeah. Her, her favorite snacks right there. Puff puff. Foods of the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um let's uh stay in Accra. That's when you got into the media space. What was it like mm-hmm. when you conducted your first interview? And how did you feel well, afterwards? Well, my first interview wasn't in Accra. I was on Accra. My first experience on TV was in okay. Accra. I was a lot younger. Uh, I was a, uh, well, I would say a preteen, 13 or 14. Um, But my first interview was actually in Texas. Okay, Um, so we'll jump back um, to Texas. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember um, I was part of the, uh, at the junior college that I attended, I was part of the Association of uh, African Students. And I just enjoyed talking to each and every student. I would get so excited when I would hear someone speak French or, you know, tell me they're from South Africa or tell me they're from Kenya. Because, because again, of how I was raised, you know, we were exposed to pretty much everyone from all over the world. Mm. And so I think the nostalgia that I had from growing up whenever we got to Texas just kind of took me to wanting more and uh, wanting to know more about everyone. And um, I remember doing a, a small interview with uh, some Congolese students as well as uh, Ghanaian students, because those are the ones I could relate to right off the bat. And I talk about Congo so much because my dad grew up in Zaire. Oh, okay. And as a Chadian, they call him the Congolese Chadian because um, he speaks Lingala mm. even better than some of the natives. Wow. And um, he went to high school and college there. And so in our household growing up, we ate a lot of Congolese dishes, the music, yeah. um, well as, you know, um, just the culture. So I, I, I'm very grateful for that. I'm more than grateful for that because it's given me an edge and it's also given me a reason to um, be patient, but also to share some of what I know because I can be plugged for the most time in um, different cultures and I'm okay. I'm comfortable because it's something that I've been doing ever since I was little. Mm. Um, With that said, yes, my first uh, interview was conducted in Texas at the junior college there. And it just felt so comfortable, just like what, you know, talking with your friends in the living room. Yeah. And uh, I remember we filmed it and we edited and I remember we edited it with, um, the group Kaskas, which is a group from Congo, they're one of their songs. 
And till today, I remember when I played it for my dad, when he was watching, he was like, what? Where did you hear Cascas? Mais où est-ce que tu as trouvé la musique de Cascas? You know? <laughs> and he was so shocked because he was so busy studying, you know, to become a pastor. And here we were, you know, in college doing all our stuff. And the first time that was his reaction. So then he started translating what was going on in the song in Lingala for me. And yeah. I was like, ha! You know? <laughs> and so that's how it started. And wow. uh, fast forward to Los Angeles um, with the different communities that um, the red carpets and the interviews. And there you have it. And I'm here on White Label America. Hey, <laughs> see, the, you start from Texas and you end up in White Label America in one day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. But um, staying in L.A., how did you officially get your first gig? And um, what what advice will you give to, you know, especially young women who want to, you know, because every, every, everybody always, I've had people message me or like, you know, people have know, who I know back in uh, Nigeria, especially younger mm -hmm. ones, always say they want mm -hmm. to be involved in uh, in the entertainment space. And right. I'm not officially mm -hmm. in the entertainment space, but, you know, I, I try to throw, give them the best advice I can. But it's right. better to, when it comes from somebody who's already been doing it for some time. So what what's the best advice you give to especially the young women who would say they want to, you know, do what you're doing or be in that same industry? Right. No, um, that's such a valid question and important even more now than ever. Um, I think um, it was a Nigerian person who said, I remember they used to say to me, what are you known for, Natalie? And I kept saying, well, I know all these things. I've been, you know, I have all this experience. I have this, I have that. No, what are you known for? So it stems with finding, you know, what you stand for. What's your passion? Sometimes we don't know. But creating, uh, I guess, a, a platform that you can stand on and then presenting it to the others. Now, lightly said, just making sure you're out there helping people. Um, the way I started is there have been so many events around. And in the beginning, people thought I was just attaching myself to, to, to their events. And they're like, well, why, why are you attaching yourself to this event and that event and this event? But no, they didn't understand where my, my game plan was. Yes, I was being part of an event because I could help and I could give what I have. Because when I was helping in during those events, I gave them 110%. I was professional. Hmm. I worked, you know, sometimes I was late, but if I was there, if I, if I, I was given a time frame, I made sure I was one of the first people to be there and one of the last people to leave because I knew that this event or whatever was, was happening at the time was this person's dream vision. Would I want someone to come and screw up my, my dream or my vision? I would want hmm. people that would help me that would give me 110%. With that said, sometimes in other parts of the world, it's a little bit tough to do that because of some of the red taping and labeling and all of that. Yep. But just be available, be humble, be consistent. I mean, these are things that you all know, but just know that showbiz or entertainment is not easy. It's not easy. We don't usually see the glitz and the glam, the outfits, the hair, the makeup mm -hmm. for the women, and, you know, and then lights and action, right? But people don't know that 
there's lack of sleep, there's anxiety, there is, um, you're like, okay, you know, you have to pretty much, you know, compete with the next person to make sure that you're doing everything the right way and not compete in a negative way, but make sure that once you get that little opportunity with um, that, that celebrity or um, just that event, you present your best self because you might not get that chance again. But also honesty is key. You know, once you're there, make sure that everyone is protected, that event is protected, and that you're there to give 110% of yourself. And that's how I started. That's how I started to be really honest, you know. So that's it. That's right. Those are very important points that you, you, you raised there. And I'm glad that I came from you. And um, for someone who's already in the industry or like just starting and is getting overwhelmed with the anxiety, you know, who, who, let me put it this way. Like I have someone who, you know, like I told one of my first guests who, who's mm -hmm. an actress that came uh -huh. on the show. Like, you know, I was listening to another podcast and it was an actress who was being interviewed and she broke down a whole lot of the background information uh, of what of what happens in the acting industry in the background and i was like wow you know we just you know i'm, I'm just I, I just use myself like but i knew a lot of people like who thought like myself just oh a woman beautiful woman you know simple you just read the script right and then but you don't mm -hmm. think about how difficult it is to get to that position and, it's hard. You know, and yeah. so the, the actress that was on my podcast, um, Isra, a fantastic lady, um, she also opened my eyes to like a whole different scene. Like, yeah, if you're not even an American citizen, it's a whole mm -hmm. different struggle. And I was like, wow, you know, people don't even realize all these things. And so there's mm -hmm. so much that goes on that we only just look at, oh, you're on screen. I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it takes for you to appear in the movie. To appear on that. that we just that think like, oh, insect. a, a yeah. director wakes up and says, I want five people to be in my film. And the five will just show up. Ta -da -da. And like, no, there's a whole process that goes into making that movie. Just like there's a whole process that's going into making a podcast. And there's a whole process that goes into everything that's content creation. And mm -hmm. so for someone who's um, brand new in your, into your industry and is now being overwhelmed by the whole surprises that he or she is getting what, mm -hmm. what ways will you advise them to take care of themselves and not right. get blown out oh yeah um i mean i have a very strong support system i'm grateful for that it wasn't always that way but what i did i think where it clicked for me was when um i found uh three ladies that were doing things that I liked that I watched. And I, I mean, I, I was quite blessed. They, they came about my way. Some I met on the red carpet, but um, for me personally, it was just talking and opening up to those women and saying, I want to be like you. There's nothing wrong in saying that. And a lot of them, you know, most of them feel flattered and some will say, Oh, you don't want to be like me. You have to be you, but just emulating what you think, is what you want to do or being surrounded by that. With that said, you have to have really thick skin and be ready to be coachable. Because some of the things that were said to me, if I didn't, if I, I don't think if I, if I had even thick skin or even if I was strong enough, I'd make it thus, this far. 
you're going to hear things that you don't want to hear, but just know that sometimes the advice that's being given to you um, is because these people that you, you, you know, you, you're getting advice from or you, you respect have been through everything and they have your best interest at heart because they have an image to uphold. Yeah. So they know that if they say something that's wrong to you, if you get angry, you might dispel some things that, you know, they don't want people to know. Mm. So that's pretty much that in, in those terms, but have a support system. Spiritually, I'm strong, you know, have your church, your whoever, you know, you can hold on to that can pray for you and that you pray with. You have to be strong on that point because boy, I mean, there's some things out there that, and some opportunities that I'm like, should I take them? Should I not? You know, that you, you know, they're not fit for you and they're not fit for what in the future your kids will see, you know? So at the end of the day, your support system matters, but also be coachable and make sure you're talking to people who've already done it. I'm not saying people who are the same age group. Yeah. Sometimes it might be someone who's 20, who's, who's five, you know, or someone who's 90, you know, and someone who's retired. Talk to the people who are, you know, I think in this society here in America, the, the elderly are kind of disposable. In our society, they're not, you know, you always go back to them. Yeah. But if you don't have access to them, find someone, an old writer, an old, I don't know, you know, someone who you respect. Sometimes it might not even be someone in showbiz. In the markets in Africa, they, those are real business people, you know, <laughs> the people in the open market. Talk to them. You might get some sort of nice result. But okay, I'm giving you a broad, you know, answer. But for me, what has worked was presenting myself and saying, um, I'm here to help. What area do you want me to help in your event? And that's the only way people are going to see your true talent. And that's what I did for a lot of these shows that you mentioned from the get-go. You know, I, I presented myself. A lot of them were like, well, I've never met anybody from Chad. What can you do? You know, you, you know. and I'm not very tall. I mean, Raphael, I don't think you, you guys know that. I'm, I'm literally like five foot two, right? But I wear high heels. Thank God for high heels. Thank you, Lubuta. Uh, but you're, you're, you're um, taller in strides, you know. Hey, <laughs> that's right. So for me, what has helped was presenting myself, making myself available, being humble, being coachable, and being ready to work from dusk till dawn. And I have kids and sometimes it's been really tough, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what you want. You have a game plan. Um, and God will be by your side and present and make way for you. Once you open your heart and you're humble and you, you're transparent and you ask people for help, you can do it. All right. Um, one, one thing I'll add to that is if anyone's feeling, you know, this is too much for me, or, you know, there's, mm -hmm. if you have access to professional help, yeah. Yes. Go, go get it. Go, you know, talk. Talk to. Oh. I I talk to therapists too, so it's not like I'm just yeah. throwing that out. You know, it's, Me mental it's health people, is always important to health. take care of. Yes, yeah. mental health, emotional health, mm -hmm. physical health, 
all of it is relative. Now, we come from a culture, and now I'm talking to my, uh, I guess, you know, people from all over the world, uh, other parts of the world except America. Um, we come from, even here in America. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, true. Because uh, you know, but most of it, it's still a, a thing that, especially for some, men, we, 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 like, we, we have to be broken down. Like, you know, you meant, like, yes. oh, it's the end of the, you have to be at the end before you go get help. Exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You're going to a therapist. But at the end of the day, I think, if your mind is clear and stable, that's when you can be creative. Mm -hmm. That's when you can actually just be your best self. We all know that, right? And talking to people, um, people will pull, you know, it's, it's tough. Sometimes the energy, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to talk to this person, but I have to, you know? And yeah. sometimes you're like, yay, I get to talk to this person. And when you're done, you're exhausted, you know? Uh, yeah, but even just driving down the highway sometimes is exhausting by the time you come home. Mm -hmm. So you must open up. And I think the, the, the Congolese actually have a proverb that says this, you know, le coeur d'une femme est une cantine, you know? So the heart of a woman is a, a cantine, if I can say it wisely, or a chest, a treasure chest. Mm -hmm. The minute you open it, you get one thing, you can find beautiful treasures, you know, some good, some bad, but you're going to find stuff. By the same token, as a man, you know, you have to speak up. You have to be able to have a voice. That's right. And that's when you become, I mean, I have a personal story and that's not even, you haven't even touched, you know, you just got a sliver of it. But yeah, 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 yeah. Mental health is an issue. You know, whether you're happy, sad or whatever it is, we all need help. Oh, yes. All right. I'll definitely arrange to do a part two with you because uh, oh boy, there's, we, 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 yeah, there's a whole lot that I would still love to cover with you. But you know, let's let's start to wrap it up. You yes. know, but before I get to the final question, there's something that we've already touched on without really diving into it. So my second to the last question will be a fun question, and it's about music. So, oh, all righty. So we need your favorite, and yeah. we, that includes artists. Oh, wow. Yeah. You really want names, huh? I'm putting no, you on the spot. my friends will get back. I'm putting no, you on the spot um, right now. You know, music is an international language, right? Just yes. like they say love is an international language. And music for me, um, it, again, it goes back to mom and dad. You know, we listened to everything um, when we were growing up. Dad had uh, Prince, then he had um, the Monkees, then he had Mahalia Jackson, then he had Fela, Fela Kuti, mm -hmm. then he had Miriam Makeba to a point where my email um, in college was makeba1 at hotmail.com. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was a Miriam. I mean, Woo! because, you know, the Mama of Africa. So honestly, music to me is um, even, you know, when you, you're a guy, you wouldn't, you've never experienced this. But for those of us who've been able to experience pregnancy, they say, you know, when a baby is in its mom's belly, play music so that baby can listen. And I remember my daughter, when I would play music, she would move, you know, when I could feel her move. Um, the blind, I mean, what is it, Mr. Holland's opus? I live in LA, so I have to throw out movies and, you know, things that are, you know, the sound of music. I mean, uh, uh, Summer Holiday, that's another British movie. You yeah. have, uh, I mean, the list, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Michael? My, I'm, I'm asking my son to help me here. Um, 
Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's that's oh, another good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, there's so many the movies, The King and I. You know, yeah, King the King the King music. and I. That that was that that yeah that was you one of those. Yeah, yeah. What that, I think that competed with the Sound of Music. For popularity, that, that was yeah. Yes, it was either yes, yeah. But then you, you, we talked about Texas. When you watch all these cowboy movies, the music in those movies, you know, take you to another level. But then again, if you go back, I remember in Ghana we watched a movie called Love Brewed in an African Pot. The music in there used to terrify me, you know. But it was just drums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? drums can do that. The yes. right, the right person playing the drums, he can make you happy. Yeah. He can make you yeah. terrified yeah. and. Uh, yeah, she too, because I and, yeah, they're they're female drummers now in um, and I know yeah, that's it. And fast forward to yeah. um, uh, roots, and then today we have God rest his soul um, from Wakanda, you know. Oh yeah, uh, Black Panther. Uh, so Chadwick music Boseman. to me, I mean, I just come alive, you know, depending on whatever kind form of uh, of of music, as long as it has a positive message. Sometimes there might not be words in that music, but oh, yeah. it could. It could, you know, um, dictate something negative. So you have to pay attention to the music in your life, right? You have to pay attention to the music that you give out to others. Mm. I sing a little, so I can I can say that music has been a source. I mean, also, I'm, I sang in a choir. I'm a pastor's child. So <laughs> music has been, you know, my source of refuge. But then again, praise leads into worship, right? So if you're, you know, prayerful and you know what praise like a good gospel sound. And you saw that in Sister Act. You you saw what oh, yeah. that did to, you know, um, uh, 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 I, I, she's going to kill me. I just want to work on her. Uh, Whoopi yeah, so, so music, I mean, I cannot tell you, but uh, who is my favorite artist? Because yeah. then I'd be too biased. I think music <laughs> okay. to me... Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to rephrase it. I'll make it easier yes, on you. Yes, please do. Give You'll me, be a safe man. <laughs> give me three of your favorite Chadian artists. Oh yeah, well that's easy. My grandma, <laughs> she she used to have these um, traditional songs like Now some of the words are escaping me, but it was a nice little um, uh, lullaby that she used to sing to us. There's that. And then um, I did not see that course. coming, but that's I'll yeah, take I that. got you. I got you. <laughs> and then in today, I mean, how could you not love Michael Jackson? You know, I named my my son after. But he's not from Ash. Chad. He's not from Chad. But let me let me let me veer back into the music, right? Okay. You want Chad and musicians? Yeah. Let me not escape the question. See, I'm trying to run out of the question. Uh, MC Solar is a Chadian rapper, mm. but he, yeah, he lives in France, so he's also yeah. known as a French, you know, rapper. Yeah, we'll, we'll but take I, him. What he's done as a Chadian has been amazing. But then also you have today's uh, musicians like um, Melody Melo, Melody Hello, and then Melody. you have Baton Daba. And I choose those two because their music actually has positive messages. And then you have my uncle. Uh, um, I have um, some other musicians out there that you just put me on the spot. So I'm trying to oh, think yeah, of something. Well, I'm, I'm also going to get into Chadian music too. My, my music yes, library is like yeah. very large I'll with music from everywhere. Oh, please send do. Send, send me, yeah. send me more. Send 
Chadian music. You're going to love it. Yeah. But again, you know, Chadian music is, is um, you've got a lot of the Arab influence up north. Yes. Uh, so some of the ladies that I know that I listen to have a lot of that Arabic, you know, sound. And then you have Southern Chad where the guitar, you know, like the Congolese mm. guitar, where mm-hmm. you just can't stop, you know, you have to move whenever oh, you yeah. hear that. We also have that in our songs. But oh, nice. They sing a nice. Arabic and, uh, in French and the dialects. Hey, I'm, I'm down that with that. I'm down with that. You gave okay. me you gave me more than I was looking for, so I'll accept your answer. But if, if you had gone yeah. Michael Jackson, I was like, um, you know what? I'm well, I'm looking for people know. to come to this podcast, but I don't want trouble because people gonna uh, excuse <laughs> me. Michael Jackson is I, not from Chad; he's from Nigeria. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, no, he's from Ghana. Me. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know what? I'm, let yeah, me I'm, save myself from yeah. the Michael Jackson situation <laughs> only because. <laughs> When you say Michael Jackson in chat, everybody knows, right? Everybody oh, yeah. doesn't know. That's <laughs> quite a yeah, I never, I never heard his name said in French, but yeah, that, that's... Yeah, right? Chikode Michael Jackson. When you're coming from America, everybody thinks you, you're best friends with Michael Jackson, especially in chat. <laughs> but I mean, I could be speaking uh, not for every Chadian, but I had to, you know... I saw him. I saw the palace where, where he, he lived in, because he lived in Bahrain for some time, and... Yes, it's, it's still yes. it's still a tourist attraction over people still come there and like yo that's where wow. michael jackson lived that's the yes. michael jackson just stayed there like people go there and be taking photos yes, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. yes absolutely <laughs> yes but yeah so uh, music yep <laughs> so final question mm-hmm. what is one thing that you like to leave the audience with could be your favorite quote could be from a book that you've read could be from one of your songs it could just be um, um, a word, um, uh, a sentence, you know, it's just something you like to leave the audience with. I always leave that up to the guest. Well, there are two things. I mean, for, uh, if I can safely say so, yeah, um, growing, growing up, um, my dad used to say this and mom also used to say, if I would get hurt, I'd, I'd cry so much cause I'm super sensitive. And my mom would say, there are bigger things in life that will make you, will be even more painful and you're just crying for this. And so with that said, I know Charles Swindoll has a saying, life is uh, uh, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react, right? So that has been my motto in a lot of situations. You know, what happens to me has happened or will happen, but how will I react to what is happening to me? You know, sometimes it's extenuating circumstances to where you just can't help but just break down. But there's a reason why things happen. Everything in life is not a coincidence. It's planned, you know. And um, I will say this for my believers, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So know that there's always a power there holding you up, keeping you strong and uh, giving you life you know, for you to stand tall and to accomplish everything that you do. So just with that said, life is only 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it, embrace it. Awesome. All right. So for those who aren't aware of where they can find Natalie, um, where can they find you? And you know, if they want to get in touch with you, please plug yourself in. Oh, don't don't give out my cell phone number. Oh no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> they they that, that they, they have to like you know they, they, that that's like they have no. to pay like one billion dollars. That's the one billion dollar fee. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, folks, you can watch me on BS Nile. We are not the same every Thursdays on my Instagram, where you could also get in touch with me, DM me, message me. I do respond. She does. Under she does. At Lady Denet. Um, and also on Facebook under Natalie B.S. Nael. You can find me there. Awesome. All right. Merci. Thank you for coming on the oh, podcast. Stop. Can't appreciate you enough. Um, we're oh. definitely going to have an, a part two where we're going to focus more on Chad and, oh, uh, wow. and, and Ghana. <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, and happy birthday again to Dockers. Yes, and, she's uh, right there in New York with you. Oh yeah, yeah. You can put her in touch. <laughs> She'll with kill me. me for saying this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do an episode for her. How about that? And with she... her, yeah. She's a Broadway <laughs> actress. Actually, she was just um, with um, uh, Nina Simone. She was. Uh, they were touring in France, doing oh, nice. the Nina Simone um, act, and uh, COVID nineteen stopped it. But she's a phenomenal um, theater actress. She's been on a lot of. Um, uh, theater uh, plays right there in New York. So, yeah, I, I'm proud of my baby sister who was born in Ghana, actually. That's beautiful. Beautiful <laughs> yes. story. All righty. Yeah. So, thank you again for coming on the pod and thank you to everyone who joined us today. Uh, looking forward to seeing you all and keep the love coming in and keep sharing and stay safe out there. Thank you for the privilege of your company. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.